audio check. Everything works. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right. So we'd like to welcome back to the show, Dr. Dominic Curry. You are now like officially a regular, I would say, because this is your third appearance, I believe. Yeah, this is the next uh, next step in the Dominic Curry series yeah. that we're going to be recording, it seems like. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> excited to be here still. Yes. So I, I'm really excited to learn about uh, what steps needs to be taken to pick a, uh, a residency. You know, how do we know? How do we know what to apply to? There's so many different variables, so many di- different factors in terms of how do we know which uh, residency programs we want to apply to. So we're, if, if I'm a newbie and, and I'm trying to think of which programs I'm interested in, which ones I would apply to, what, what, are, my, what are my first steps? Well, uh, like, like most topics with, when it comes to residency, um, it's going to be highly individualized. So it's going to be – I'm trying to give some – some tips, but a lot of things are, you know, they're not going to be like direct advice because it's going to be specific to your situation and, you know, the, the other factors you have in your life. But um, first thing you have to, after you've decided that you want to go for a residency, you got to kind of have some sort of an idea of, you know, where you want to go, like in terms of your career, like where your career wants to go. You know, do you want to just do a one, like a first year and be done and start working and be more of a general clinician? Um, or is there a possibility, even if you don't know for sure, if there's a possibility that you may want to specialize, um, that may change kind of where you do your residency as well, or it may rule some places out that you may not have been able to rule out. So the first thing, you know, try to figure out what you like to do, um, where you might, what are the all the options available to you as far as where you would want to work, and then try to find places that basically wouldn't shut those doors. You want to go to places that are going to leave doors open. Um, so with that being said, I think a lot of people, every time I've been to like a residency preparation seminar or panel or something, there's always someone that asks, you know, what's the right number of programs? You know, what's the balance of how many programs I apply to? I think that kind of comes out of people being nervous that, um, they're not going to apply to enough and they're not going to get one. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, I think people are usually more worried about not getting a residency than just having so many options that they're not going to be able to pick where to go. Mm-hmm. So I think some people, you know, people need to really understand that, like I said in the last one, you are, you are an asset, you know, you are important, you know, the programs want you as much as you want them. Um, so really think about it in terms of your view, like where do I want to go? Um, so kind of the best way to figure out, to start thinking about that is really, uh, determining your geographical limitations. Like, um, are you someone that's open to go across the entire country? Uh, do you have a significant other that's going to keep you in a specific area? Do you have family in certain areas? Um, you know, where are you willing to go? The people that are just like, you know, got no anchors and they're just like, open and can go anywhere it's harder for them because they have to then look through all the programs everywhere and narrow it down Mm um you know for me i was i limited myself to pretty much florida yeah Um, so you know that made it a lot easier but um so determine where you want to go 
Um, if it's everywhere, then you have a lot more work to do. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the first step. Mm-hmm. Second so step. Uh, bef- oh, before uh, before we go on to the next step, what is what would you say is like that sweet spot though in terms of uh, you know let's say they they did narrow it down to g- geographic location. What's that sweet spot in terms of the number of how many programs they should apply to, in, in your opinion? Um, I, again, it depends on the person. You got to kind of stay in your lane a little bit. Like um, if you're an amazing candidate, then yeah, apply to all the top programs and you know go out there for the top. If you know, you got to be honest with yourself. If you don't have the best grades, if you don't have the best packet, um, you got to determine. You know, the places you're going to apply to are going to be a little different. You may not. You maybe shouldn't apply to the most competitive programs only. Mm-hmm. So you may have to apply to a few more programs if you're not as attractive of a candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you, me. Um, you know, I was a pretty good candidate. Um, I had pretty good grades. I had a lot of leadership involvement. I had a lot of uh, presentations, um, you know, some national presentations. Um, so I had a pretty strong packet. So I felt, you know, pretty confident in my competitiveness as a, you know, as a candidate. So I only ended up applying to like six programs mm-hmm. total. And yeah. I got interviews at three. So I, to me, that's, I felt that was a, a pretty good number where I was applying to enough to give myself a chance to get, you know, a shot somewhere because, um, you know, something else we could probably talk about later is the match system. You, you could be an amazing candidate and they could really like you, but you could still somehow get not matched there. Yeah. So you want to be able to make sure you have some options. So, um, I would say definitely don't apply to only one mm-hmm. program. Uh, so you want to have at least some, you know, at least I'd say a handful, at least, you know, three, four, uh, five, depending on, you know, the kind of program you have or the kind of program you want. Like I wanted yeah. a, a programs that were level one trauma centers and they were big academic hospitals that had the most sick patients. So there's really only a few of those in Florida and I applied to all of them. So what if I'm not, so, you know, what if I, I've done some, you know, self-reflection I've kind of saw that I'm probably not, you know, the top tier candidate that, uh, you know, and, and I wouldn't be applying to those super competitive programs. How many would you say I should be doing? Well, this is this is the thing I'm telling you that there's no number. Like, <laughs> this is what everyone. Tom, I need to know specifics. Is it this is what seven everyone and a half? Like what? How have. many? <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Nah, so so you it's it's really a personal thing. It's really yeah. Um, I'm sure too. There's financials that are involved as well too in terms of you know thinking about um what your life circumstances are. So all right. So let's. So we we figured well, one out one other thing. I want uh-huh. one other thing I want to say about it though that people don't think about. Say you apply to 15 programs, um, but then you get 15 interviews. Yeah. You know, you have to think about they're all going to be in the same month. You know, there are, you have to you have a rotation probably unless you got lucky like me and have like the, the month of February off. Mm-hmm. You know, so how many could you realistically go to? You know, can are you going to apply a program in Hawaii and then uh, what pay thousands of dollars to go there for the interview? You know, you got to think about all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so it, it, once you do that, that kind of narrows it down for you. Yeah. So we so we've decided how many we're going to apply to or around how many we're going to apply to. We've figured out what the geographical locations were either restricted to or we've realized we're not restricted to. What's the next step? So now you have, you know, a sector of program available programs, right? In the it's depending on the area that you're looking into. And you should at this point have some idea of, you know, what kind of uh, area you want to go into. 
And so that should kind of rule out some programs. Like if you like AM care, outpatient type stuff, then you really shouldn't go to uh, a level one trauma center that doesn't have any of that. So those kinds of things will be kind of pared down. uh, If, if, as long as you have some idea, if you have no idea, which, you know, some people don't have an idea, you have zero idea of what you're going to do. You need to go to programs that have everything. And Mm -hmm. so that also will narrow it down a little bit for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So you really have to sit down and, I think it's very important to write down um, what you want out of your residency experience and what you want it to be able to enable you to do. Um, And if you have those things on paper and not just in your head, uh, it's easier to kind of reference that list when you're looking at a program and seeing if they check the right boxes for you. Um, So I can really only speak from my experience again, so it's not going to be the same for everyone else uh, or, you know, a lot of people. but I knew that um, I wanted to be like I want to be really good at my job. I wanted to be an expert, so I needed a, a very strong learning environment. So by thinking in that direction, like okay, I need to be great. To be great, I need to have a great learning environment. To have a great learning environment, I need this. So if you're thinking in that sort of stepwise fashion mm-hmm. along the way as you're looking at the program, you're going to find out whether that program has those things or not. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to have like an organized, you know, sort of mental approach to it. And things kind of just work themselves out. So uh, when I was looking at programs, first thing you do, you know, you go on the website, see what they got posted on there. Most of them will have posted the, uh, you know, the general things about our residency, the required rotations, you know, the ones that they offer, the electives that they offer, um, you know, how the schedule is kind of set up. They'll have a list of preceptors, uh, required responsibilities, and they're all, you know, pretty similar. It's just like, you know, research project, uh, medication use evaluation. Um, you'll have some other, you know, different longitudinal projects, some leadership involvement, staffing requirements. Um, those are all things that are pretty uh, standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of look at those first, uh, you know, specifically the staffing requirements, like some, some programs are, you know, are not in the residency game for the most, um, moral of reasons like Mm -hmm. sometimes they like having cheap pharmacists yeah um you know i don't no one's ever going to admit that but you can kind of tell that you know there's a financial gain for having a pharmacist that's getting paid half of a regular pharmacist yeah so you can tell that if you're staffing every other weekend um which is you know not all programs that staff every other weekend are like you know, these evil organizations, but you're going to, it's going to be hard for you to focus on patient care and longitudinal projects because every other weekend you're working, you know, 12 days in a row. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I didn't want to staff hardly at all. I mean, staffing is an important component. Like you need to learn how to do it, but Orlando health, we staff every fourth weekend, you know, mm-hmm. which is pretty, un, it's, that's probably the best as it gets in terms of a PGY one. Um, so you look at those kinds of bare bones things, you know, the rotations offered are those things that um, I find interesting, you know, are the required ones, things, all, all of the required ones, things that I think will be good for me. Um, and again, that goes back to what kind of pharmacist you want to be, you know, if you don't know, then are they diverse set of rotations that they offer? So the next thing, quick oh, question, good. those, those rotations that they offer are, is that available readily on, on their websites usually, or how do they get that information? Yeah, so there'll they'll, um, there'll be a list of rotations that are offered, rotations that are required, and then the elective rotations. Mm, cool. And you know that's and if that's not on the website, that's definitely in uh, forecast, which mm-hmm. is the the application process, like the system. 
So I think I'm pretty sure that's required of them to put on there. So you'll you'll be able to look at that and know. Okay, you look at it and you say mm, that doesn't have everything I want. Boom, you can rule them out. You know, if not, that goes into the pile of maybes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing, and I think one of the most important things is the preceptors themselves. Um, that, that's where I spent most of my time doing evaluations was looking at the the faculty because uh, you can offer all these great rotations, but who's going to be teaching them? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, are they people that are experts in those areas? Are they people that um, have a lot of experience, you know, are they just new grads? Like uh, how long have they been there? Have they worked anywhere else? Uh, most programs will have a list of the faculty. They'll have like a little blurb about kind of, you know, their career path, where they've been, where they've worked, how long they've worked there, like what their interests are. And so you can see, you know, are there people there that I think, you know, how many PGY2 trained people are there? You know, if you're, if you're looking at specialized rotations, do you have specialists treat teaching them and that's you know if not everyone's going to have that so you have to determine how important that is to you mm-hmm. and if you know if the faculty on there you know you know that doesn't tell the whole story about them but you know they may put them down a little bit lower for you in terms of you know do you want to are they a fringe program that you kind of want to apply to like one that maybe you want to add in case you need like a backup kind of a program to make sure that you definitely have somewhere that you want to go um, or does it look amazing and you're like, okay, I got to do whatever I got to do to get into that place. Yeah. Um, what's pretty cool about this too, is, you know, even in doing this research, you get so much, uh, you get so much information that you can possibly utilize when you're at the interview or, uh, when you're you, mostly probably when you're at the interview in terms of you can, when you meet people, you, you match the name to the face, you can actually talk to them because you research them. And then in certain questions, a lot of the questions I'm sure that'll pop up is like, why this, you know, program and, and, and not another one. And, that's all ammo for you to, you know, spit back at them to show how much research you've done uh, to prove that, you know, when you're interviewing or or whatever, you are really bought into their program um, because you've done extensive research. So. so a lot of what I've talked about on here is um, it's a progression along, you know, sort of the spectrum in a stepwise fashion of, of what will happen during the whole process. So, you know, what we talk about here when you're evaluating programs, this is builds the foundation for the next step, which is interviews and, you know including, you know, if you go to residency showcase, then, you know, the questions you'll ask there as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's all this, we're, even though they're separate podcasts um, and they're separate topics, they're all completely related to each other. And if you start correctly at the beginning of the process with the right mindset and the right organized way of thinking about it, as you go through the process, things will just naturally progress to the point where you will be prepared. You know, if you think of it um, like, the wrong way where you're just, you know, each step you're trying to get through to the next step, like say, uh, I need to go to showcase so I can make a, make an impression. So let me think of some questions that makes me look good. Then you haven't done great research. And so you go and you apply to these programs. Okay. I need to apply to these programs because I want to make sure I get some interviews somewhere and then I'll figure out everything once I get to the interview process. And then you get to the interview process and you're like, okay, let me scramble and come up with some questions. So it seems like I'm engaged. You can see how if you're focusing on the results of it and not really the starting with the core purpose of it. Yeah. It's going to be way harder for you. Yeah, definitely. That definitely seems like a plus, you know, with with all those mistakes that someone could potentially make, you could easily save yourself from those mistakes by watching our last episode. Yep. <laughs> so, I think we should uh, create a pack, like a podcast pack of these talks. Yeah. And we'd back to back. That'd be cool <laughs> with our residency correspondent, Dr. Curry, <laughs> led by <laughs> 
That's, that's a good. I like that. That's a nice fancy title. Yeah. I'm put that down. <laughs> Residency <laughs> correspondence. Put that on the CV, bro. <laughs> so. Uh, so. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say. So at this point, um, you know, you've come up with some. You you kind of evaluated. You know the things that you can evaluate. You know you look at their their website and. You know, a lot of them kind of just the same as, as being a residency candidate. A lot of the paper stats, so to speak, are going to look similar between programs. And so you put them down and you want you, – the point of that is to now hopefully get an interview to then go to the interview and find out the things you cannot find on the website. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as long as the real progression for a residency starts in your first year of pharmacy school and making sure you're building yourself into an attractive candidate. Um, if you're someone that's just starting now, it's kind of hard for you to go back in time and do that. But – um, just having that mentality and that maturity and that, um, you know, self-awareness of where you want to go and the things that you want is going to make you look really good because not everyone has that, you know, self-awareness is, is, you know, not pervasive, uh, especially in, in the interviews that I've been a part of, um, people don't always have an eye where they're going. So just having that uh, and, and doing that throughout your evaluation is going to make you, uh, someone that's going to be more, you know, we're going to come across with more of the intangibles they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully you get to the point of the interview. And then when you get to the interview, then you start, you know, you'll have questions that pop into your mind based off of the evaluation, you know, the things that you want and the things you haven't been able to find in the evaluation process, you know, things like body language of the residents and, you know, what are the personalities of the preceptors? Are they warm? Are they cold? You know, what's their teaching styles? Um, those are sort of the soft things that you have to kind of pick up on, like the subtleties you have to kind of pick up on, like the culture and the atmosphere. And um, that's going to be the final part of your evaluation to decide, okay, you know, do I want to put them in my rank for my match, mm-hmm. you know, my match process for residency? Because just because you interview um, evaluate programs, you don't Wait, have to match sorry, just, everyone. Just because you what? Say that one more time. Just because you go through and you and you uh, interview at, at a number of places, you don't have to put them all down in your rank. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, as long as you're evaluating correctly, you don't have to rank everyone you apply at because you may get there and they may fall short of the evaluation standards that you've set for yourself. So you have to think of it like I think most the biggest the, the biggest issue is most people, um, you know, are just so worried they're not going to get one that they'll do whatever it takes to have just somebody take them. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of people that aren't like that, but I'd say that's a, the more common mindset and people don't view it as I'm picking the best place for me. Yeah. So that's what you have to be thinking about as you're evaluating. And in terms of the ranking, are you able to rank everyone that you've applied to or how does that work? Or do, are you only able to rank five or what's that process like in terms of when, when you, when you're ready and you think you've, you know, you've gotten your, your rankings down in your mind how does that work? You can rank any any number. Like, I don't think there's. I mean, like I said, I only had six programs, um, but as far as I am aware, there's no there's no max because I know some people that apply to like fifteen places, and um, pretty sure you can rank all of them. You mm-hmm. can you can rank anyone really. I mean, they're not going to rank you if you didn't interview there. You know what I'm saying? But oh, so you could actually be like, um, no, you know what? I'm going to apply to. Uh, I'm just going to apply to a random thing in Alaska and see if they <laughs> randomly cho- choose me. Yeah, the we do your rank. The whole list of all the programs comes up, and you check and you put them as your rank order. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, don't quote me on the max. I'm not 100 percent sure because, like I said, I had a small number. Yeah, um, gotcha. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not something that is like a hindrance, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, because the way the match works, I mean, that's a whole other thing. We're kind of jumping ahead, but, you know, they rank and you rank. And then this computer algorithm tries to find the best match. Yeah. You know, between the their rankings and your rankings. So mm-hmm. it's kind of biased towards the applicant. So, like, if you have multiple programs that rank you, it's going to put you with whatever program you have ranked highest on your list. Gotcha. So um, is there a way to – is there a strategy that you have – in terms of how to rank based on like how uh, the interviews went? This is like, you're going to start getting into some rabbit hole stuff here uh, that people <laughs> okay. really stress themselves out with yeah. and really overthink. And I, my personal opinion is that you shouldn't, you shouldn't try to play the system because you're just going to get played by yeah. it. Yeah. And just do uh, like what you genuinely feel is your favorite yeah. type of thing. Okay. Right. Just genuinely rank it in terms of how you really feel um, there, there will be some people, you know, we all know people that think they can beat the system and they'll give you some tips on like, you know, oh, I can put them as my number one if they, but cause they're more likely to rank me, but you might just end up being at a place that you would rather not have been at, Yeah, you know, you don't really, you don't really know how it's going to go because one, the, the other thing I found out being on the other side is when we're doing the ranking on the program side, um, you can rank all these people. Uh, but they may not rank you. You know, you might be at a competitive program and that you rank all these people really high uh, and then you don't get them because they're probably applying to a bunch of other programs that are really good too and they might pick them higher. So, you know, if you're as long as you're on their list, you know, as long as you're ranked by them, then you have a shot of being there. Uh, you never know how it's going to play out. So if you kind of rule yourself out because you're afraid that you're not, you didn't do a great job in that interview or whatever and you put them down lower, then you're going to take out any opportunity that would have been made you know, by the, the luck of the draw of the people that were ranked ahead of you. So yeah. just, just rank it like you like it and something will happen. Yeah. I can see that being a huge stress factor. You know, I can see people doing, you know, derivatives and calculus trying to figure out how, you know, it, to set up their best probabilities for get, for getting matched because it's such a huge thing for, for most people that, that are going through this process. So I think it's important for them to know that you should generally go with how you feel and what you what you really want, where you really want to be in terms of ranking that and really not trying to beat the system. So that's, that's some really good advice. Yeah. And that just goes back to my common belief with everything is just if you do things the right way, the thing that's supposed to happen will happen, yeah. you know, and that's usually genuinely worked out for me. I mean, maybe it's just my scenario, but um, I really believe that that's only the way the only way you can really do it. Yeah. Well, what else do you have in terms of, do you have anything else in terms of uh, advice or would you say that's like, they should be good with that to go in terms of how to pick, how to pick a program? So each step of the way. Okay. So you're, it kind of starts before residency showcase. Cause like I said, in the residency showcase talk, you should only go there if, if you need more information to add to your evaluation. Mm-hmm. So if you are there, um, make sure you definitely take notes like right after you speak to someone. Um, because I fell for that too, where it's like, okay, I'll remember this. You know, I just talked to them. I got a good memory. I'll just, I'll keep that in mind when I'm evaluating them like three weeks later, trying to think about it. And you don't really remember everything. So, um, have like a, some sort of spreadsheet or like a grid somehow set up of like the things that you want Mm -hmm. on one axis and the things that the program, like the list of the programs on the other axis. And then, you know, you can go through and just easily check, do they have it or do they not have it? Yeah. Or you can have like a plus or a minus or something like that. So that way, when you're sitting down and, and trying to figure out, 
you know, how do I rank them or which ones are like better or who should I apply to? You know, it's way easier to just look at that like one sheet and say, okay, this program has checks more of my boxes than this other program. Um, same thing after the interview. After the interview, write down your thoughts and your feelings. Like you're going to get some um, instinctual feelings after you talk to people that, you know, after you talk, when you talk to anybody in general, you get a certain perception and a certain feeling that comes to you from talking to them, the way they talk to you, you know, the genuineness that you feel that they're speaking with, um, their body language, those things that like you can get a read on that you ha you can like hold on to that for only so long. So you want to make sure you get that down somewhere so that you know, like, that's like your only shot to get that information. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure you have that, that data and like you write it down and have it somewhere. Yeah. Um, otherwise you're just kind of wasting it when you go to actually apply. I really do hope that anyone listening right now that is applying or, or planning to apply to a residency really has gotten uh, more, I guess, more better information as to how to best pick a program. And I'm going to include in the, I'm going to include in the show notes exactly how to reach Dom in case you do have any more questions or if, uh, you're kind of stuck in terms of choosing a program. I'm sure he's not going to mind if you reach out to him for some advice on that. Uh, do not reach out to me because I am not an expert on applying to <laughs> on applying to residencies. Definitely contact Dr. Curry here uh, if you do have any further questions about that. Uh, Dom, unless you have anything else to add on here, I really do appreciate you joining in on the show. Oh, well, that's it. Um, like I said, with everything else, ask multiple people, multiple opinions. They're going to give you different uh, advice and different experiences and just kind of take everything together. Um, but if you do have any questions for me, uh, definitely open to anyone that has any questions. So thanks for having me. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I hope it was as insightful to you as it was to me. Please leave me a comment on Instagram or on iTunes. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Any feedback is going to be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, see you over the counter.